What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. the internet <laughs> sexually motivated podcasts are considered especially heinous <laughs> this is one of them paul sorvino what up the moment we've all been waiting for Let's go. Damn. This is not a podcast about basketball. Richard Brooks, what up? Holler at me, dude. Dick Wolf, man. A guy who has single-handedly destroyed Hollywood. <laughs> Broken it down to its very last atom. There is an underestimated... I mean, well, no, let me take this back. I for sure know exactly the conversation that Dick Wolf had with the head of NBCU at the end of the Law and Order runs, and they're just like, Dick, love everything you've done for us for three decades. Change the game. I think it just feels like people aren't connecting enough to the Law and Order franchise. We need to connect with middle America more. How do we get into the heartland? Chicago PD, bitch. We got there it is, covered. baby. Whole so, nother universe. We're selling dope in Indiana. We got vice lords. We got GDs. We got whatever you want. Is that now? Pardon my ignorance. I haven't dug into the Chicago universe at all. Is the the theme music all similar from all the different shows, or is it just kind of no, totally no, they, all whatever you want? So the Chicago universe has removed theme songs entirely. It's just a tone. <laughs> it's just a tone hits, and then the show starts. And that tone is just someone eating a sausage, whatever that tone is. <laughs> yeah, the sound of bell peppers squishing. <laughs> squishing into a jar? <laughs> Ew. Um, all right, we're here to talk about something very important. Yeah, Dickie Wolf is back with another one. And this back from the dead. He got his guy, detective, he got the guy with him. The, the OG police brutalizer himself, Detective Stabler. <laughs> one of the most insane men. <laughs> Beat a man nearly to death in a courtroom, in a courthouse. It is so incredible to just know how the vibe of the concept of policing has changed and how as someone who hasn't watched Law and Order in a very long time, I know you've kept up with the SVUs and the Chicago's like they gotta dance a dance now that they did not have to dance twenty years ago. And it is very apparent in every single line that they write. Yeah. 
it's uh it's interesting after he left i definitely was like oh my god this dude's the worst cop of all time i mean i know i'm not the first person to say that but it was good to see him back here's the, here's the problem with the series though it's good to see him back and like you okay uh like have you seen christopher maloney's butt butt cheeks by the way yeah i've watched Oz. come on i mean the dude is the dude is packing some heat back there oh yeah he's not kidding around i think um Romper first of room. all <laughs> it's so funny how like in the we're talking about the crossover episode of law and order svu today that brings uh detective stabler into what seems to be like a dramatic mini series or 13 episode run of law and order organized crime um but he, he like during like the bomb that set off that ends up killing his wife um there's a police protest riot happening and the delicate writing that dick wolf and company have to do in order to kind of not be political at all is some of the best tightrope walking I've ever seen. They, it's not political at all. They say Antifa like six times. But they also talk about like, they kind of like allude to Trump at too. It's like, and the guy is like emo dude who could very much be troubled past. He's a QAnon, past. He's Q a QAnon freak, yes. freak boy. Um, and every time the cops are like, oh, yeah, they Molotov cocktail a police car. I'm just like, tight. Like, that's like, I know I'm supposed, <laughs> I'm so supposed to root you for you guys, in, but like, yeah. but like, fuck you guys, you bunch of pigs. And then Stabler and, and Benson are talking. I'm just like, I want you guys to win everything you ever do, no matter what, no matter how many people you have to rough up in the. Yeah. Like. <laughs> if ki- if it, if killing. An innocent man, if killing one innocent man or, or suspect in general meant that they finally kissed, yes. So I want you to just catch me up on the backstory of Stabler leaving and also their relationship. Because well, it does seem like they, at some point, having fallen off before he left, like she, like they had a thing for each other. That was like talked about. Um, so they never exactly talked about it. It was alluded to in some heavy ways at different points. Uh, yeah, I don't think nothing really happens for a while. And then uh, Stabler is uh, separated from his wife in an earlier season. And they bring in a uh like cute doctor like they got they have like a pediatric doctor who like who, who he, she's like a not like next level she's a pediatric psychiatrist who they bring in on like these SVU cases that involve kids it's Stabler's idea Benson doesn't like it they're beefing they, you know, she yells at him like, "Why don't you hang out with your, you know, psychiatrist, bitch?" <laughs> on NBC at eight o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> on a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like that's kind of like the first time, 
you get a whiff that something should happen, but but honestly, they play it pretty straight for a while. Then towards the end, when things start getting zany, there's like a whole season that is like just a diss track to CBS entirely. Like they add like a they had like a goofy, quirky medical examiner. <laughs> just it's just dick wolf just like flexing on csi yeah yeah just just dunking on ncis to their face and the show and the show and the episodes are just insane but then it starts to you know it comes up a little more then stabler's a little more shirtless then they kind of it's like because also benson's not even horny for a lot of it but then we start to see benson be horny She's undercover as a prostitute. Whoa! A couple times, so she brings the things out, and then she she kisses the medical examiner dude. It's like this very intense scene where the medical examiner guy is like, "You want to fuck Benson? You never kiss me." And then she's like, "I hate him. I actually do want to make out with you." And it's like all in front of him. And it's like really like you know they turn they make the music real loud, and then and they that's how she him. got a son. Yeah, and then they <laughs> then they killed that fool, and then from then on it's just kind of like you know, you she's just generally horny, and then there's like a couple times where she's like in a coma and she's like calling for him in a like she's like you know sedated in a in a in a hospital, just like longing for Stabler in her subconscious. Well, there were also vibes of like, my whole family knows that you guys have a thing going on. That's weird. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. As the seasons go on, they kind of, everyone in Stabler's family is like, why don't you just, what are you fucking my dad? (laughs) She's like, no, it's NBC on Wednesdays at eight. (laughs) Yeah. So they're all, they all take a turn just like saying that. But I'm honestly, when I think about it, I'm like. It all seems one-sided. Like, it's always Benson kind of bringing the energy and Stabler's just so Catholic. He won't even acknowledge <laughs> that she's hot. They make him so fucking Catholic. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> which I think they mean to do as, like, a way to kind of, like, level out what an angry, terrible copy is, but it definitely just makes it worse. Yeah, so he's just hyper Catholic, but I, I mean, because there's, okay, so it's like they, you know, he gets separated from his wife a couple times during the show, but he never throws it at Benson. But when Benson is gone, when she's pregnant in real life, they bring in a blonde detective that he does bone, and they talk oh. about his old part. They talk about Benson, so it's like you know he's horny. But they just put so much Catholic icing on top of the horniness. Listen, there's one thing that's good for the IP. It's never letting the two people get together. Just keep them separated for decades. And you can just keep making out IP. And I believe at the very end, I don't know. Somebody might have said something. But I forget. Like That last season that they're together is insane. And I kind of don't even like watching it. It's like it's also at the beginning of like HD cameras. So it's like right. really strange to me. Well, also, like, there is something about even watching these now, especially checking in on SVU 
and the HD does kind of ruin like the whole beauty of Law and Order back in the day is like they're just like running around New York shooting it. They don't have time to light anything, so it just oh, looks like French Connection. Off, I could just yeah, that's as that's Law and Order off rip. SVU, one of the darkest programs ever, physically dark. Like those first like the first like eight seasons of SVU is dark as fuck. No, the lights are never on. You'd be like, why is it dark in the courtroom? <laughs> why are there blackout curtains in this courtroom? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? This is New York City court. Y'all don't got no lights. It's like five in the afternoon. 